Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back to another edition of Football Extra Points on RF Sports Radio. I'm your host, Scott King. Thanks for joining me tonight. Um, Tonight's show is going to be jam-packed. We've got lots of uh, guests coming on, lots to talk about, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. So if you want to join the conversation tonight, you can call in at 323-927-2906. Uh, we'll be covering um, free agency, which starts tomorrow. We had a little bit of action today. Uh, sign the things to come tomorrow, talking about the draft. And we're going to be talking to um, some of the creators of drafttech.com, website that um, is really a great, great site that I've stumbled onto. I'm sure some of you have already seen it. Uh, it's a simulation site for the draft. It really helps to show what's behind the draft and, and it's really a great site and, and I've enjoyed spending some time on it. So look forward to talking to those guys um, this evening. So uh, jumping right into it, the, the top news of the day is the signing or the potential sign and trade or, or trades of Percy Harvin to the Seahawks and Anquan Bolden to the 49ers. Interesting moves by both these teams, uh, Anquan Bolden, it was pretty obvious that the Ravens weren't going to keep him around, kind of overpaid for the role that he had there. He had come out earlier in the week or early in the the offseason and said that he was going to retire if he didn't return to the Ravens and uh, kind of an interesting stand there for him to take, but obviously he changed his mind there. And the the Ravens, they got a six-round pick for him, which – doesn't sound like a whole lot, but they were going to cut him, so anything they got for him would be good. Uh, Percy Harvin, on the other hand, uh, was traded to the Seahawks, and you know he wasn't real happy with the situation there. I know he made a few complaints about the quarterback situation, but I mean the guy can't stay on the field, and for whatever reason, the Seahawks ended up giving up a, a first and a seventh this year and a fourth next year, which if you're the Vikings. You know, that's a great haul for a player, and you've really given yourself some talent to build for in the future. The problem for the Vikings is they don't have any wide receivers. He was their only playmaker outside Adrian Peterson. He was their only playmaker on the outside, and now he's gone. And now they got to figure out what hole they're going to fill there with Christian Ponder, a quarterback. For the Seahawks, they get a good playmaker when he can stay on the field, had some big problems with migraines earlier in his career and just and the way he plays, he's dynamic. You get him in the running game, the passing game, the return game. He's all over the field, which is great. He gets hurt a lot, doesn't really play full season. So uh, we'll see what he does there in Seattle. Won't be looked upon to be the go-to guy. They could still use some wide receiver help there, but uh, definitely a good addition. I think they probably gave up too much for him probably more like a second or a third for him, but it worked for them. Pete Carroll seems to know what he's doing up there, so we'll go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt. I think in the long run, uh, this helps the Seahawks out much, much more than it does the Vikings. They've already got a great base of talent there, and this just adds to it. Uh, As far as Minnesota's future, I'm not really sure. I mean, Adrian Peterson can't really do do it all by himself, which is basically what he did last year. Christian Ponder, not a huge fan of. Don't buy him as an NFL quarterback. So we'll see where that goes. And, and you know, hopefully uh, hopefully they get some players back in that deal. As far as the 49ers, 
Uh, Bolden will come in, fill a good role for them. They've already got uh, Ted Ginn there. You've got Vernon Davis at tight end. So he's a good addition, solid. Uh, he'll be a lot more productive than Randy Moss and, and sort of that veteran wide receiver slot. So a uh, good pickup for them. Makes San Francisco an even stronger team there in the, in the NFC and specifically in the NFC West. So that that rivalry of Seattle and San Francisco is definitely building into an interesting one. Those teams do not like each other at all. And this, uh, you know, just kind of a sign. They both made some moves today, strengthened a, a weak position for both teams. And uh, they're going to have a great, great uh, season next year. And it'll be interesting to watch them battle it out for the champ, uh, for the uh, NFC West Championship. So that's kind of a, a picture of what we've got coming up tomorrow. It's the start of free agency tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Teams are continuing to just purge players. Uh, we've had several more releases. Uh, Beanie Wells from Arizona got released. Not a big surprise. He's underperformed since he came out of Ohio State. Uh, been a big disappointment and, you know, can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. Shows some flashes of production, but the guy's just really been um, – a disappointment since he's come in the league. So, unfortunate thing there. Uh, Victor Cruz, they've got a first-round pick tagged to him, so we'll see if, if the Giants get any action on him. And then we talked about the other uh, signings. So, starting tomorrow at 4, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys go. You've got Mike Wallace. Uh, the Dolphins seem to be the number one pick there. Uh, Cliff Averill is still out there. As a Lions fan, I'd really like to see him get picked up back with the Lions. But we'll see. He's going to test the market, see what he can get, um, and see where he ends up there. Greg Jennings, an interesting one. Um, I would have thought he could have landed somewhere like San Francisco. We'll have to see where uh, what teams step up and make a move on him. I think it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, let's see. we got David Garrard. He got signed by the uh, Jets today. Also saw D'Angelo Hall got released. So these these things are just happening fast and furious. So it's uh, interesting to see where these guys are all going to land tomorrow. But the key is teams are going to be looking to fill their needs before the draft. Uh, and that's going to be uh, really a, a big sign in where teams go in the draft. You know, As they start signing these players and making these trades, you start seeing guys uh, dropping in the draft with Alex Smith's trade to Kansas City. That takes Geno Smith out of the picture. Uh, you've got now wide receivers in Seattle and San Francisco. Where do they go in the draft? Uh, so it's going to be – this will really bring the, the draft into focus after tomorrow and, and the rest of this week. So we're going to be watching that real closely to see where guys go and, <clears throat> excuse me, how things how things work out. So – Oh, we got a great show on tap for tonight. Again, you're listening to Football Extra Points on our sports radio. I'm your host, Scott King, creator of FootballExtraPoints.com, which you can find on the Yard Barker Network. And tonight we're going to be talking to the creators of DraftTech.com, a great website that can simulate the draft based on team needs. You set the criteria and give the inputs, and then it'll run a simulation for you and tell you, uh, who's going to be available at what position. So it's uh, just another tool for those of us that are really interested in the draft to get a, a good uh, good look at it and another way to see where players are going to land. So if you want to talk about your team's draft or uh, the recent moves, if you're a fan of San Francisco or Baltimore and the Vikings, love to hear your thoughts. Uh, the number again is 323 Nine two seven two nine zero six, and we're just tonight talking about some of these early free agent moves. This is going to be a, a fast-moving week with these guys on the market and where teams are going to land and what we're going to be looking for here in the draft coming up. So, you know, really with these these early moves, it's just a sign of how things are in the league. As players get up there in age, their contracts get uh, too rich for teams. They start cutting guys and trading them. And with the NFL not having the guaranteed contracts, players are are 
at risk of getting cut at any time. So when players start holding out as we get into training camp and people come out on the side of the fence of, well, these players should play out their contract, they signed a contract. You know, look at a guy like Anquan Bolden. He went to Baltimore, helped them win a Super Bowl, but the Ravens decided his contract was too rich for him. They ended up trading him, but he was going to get cut. That was the bottom line. So can you blame these guys for, for wanting to hold out? I, I don't. I think it's just part of business, and if you can get more money, great. But if you <coughs> excuse me, if you underperform your contract, you're going to get cut, and that's just kind of the, the facts of things. So uh, it's, un, it's unfortunate that uh, uh, some guys end up losing their job, but that's just that's just business. One thing I've noticed looking through the uh, the free agent market this year is there's a little bit of difference between the free agent market and the draft. You know, this draft is heavy on the defensive side, heavy on the offensive line side, very weak at the quarterback side, very weak at the skill position side. And, you know, Eddie Lacy uh, is probably going to be the first running back picked, and that's going to be in the second half of the first round. So that's uh, – you know, the way the draft is shaping up. On the free agent side, there's a lot of skill positions. You've got Mike Wallace out there. Uh, Bolden's already moved. Harvin's already moved. Steven Jackson is out there. Um, you know, you've got some more of these kind of skill position guys out there that are in the in the free agent market. So it's really going to be uh, an interesting way that teams put the pieces together this offseason with free agency they can fill some holes on the on the skill position side. In the draft, they're going to strengthen their defense and their offensive lines. And then this draft is pretty deep at some positions, so you're still going to see some guys like Robert Woods picked up in the second round that's going to make a difference on the team. you got guys like Reggie Bush in free agency who is probably going to land on somewhere like Detroit. Wes Welker's out there. What's going to happen to him? You know, he's a system guy in my opinion. He's benefited from playing in the Patriots system with Tom Brady. He's got a very big number in his head. And whether or not he gets it, some teams are going to overpay for a guy that, that they're going to end up with um, not the production they think they're going to get out of him. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just uh, you know, the way, the way the teams have to decide what they're going to spend and where they're going to attack things. And if they think there's somebody in the draft that they can take a chance on and, and pay some uh, smaller contract to versus one of these free agents. And, you know, which one of these free agents gets a rude awakening? Is it is it somebody like Wes Welker who thinks the Patriots owe him some huge contract and he goes out and doesn't get a big one? Or, um, you know, Mike Wallace, I know, wanted a big contract, but he's probably going to get it. So, you know, hopefully, um, you know, these guys can maximize their value. All right. Well, uh, I think we've got Draft Tech on the line, and we can go ahead and start the conversation with them about their site and their product and, and get into the uh, Cowboys offseason a little bit. Are you there? I'm here. How are you doing, Scott? Great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show tonight. Well, I'm glad you I, did. Uh, came up great. I, I came upon your guys' website. I'm surprised I haven't found it earlier. I'm, I'm always scouring the internet for draft information, and it really intrigued me the the simulator that you guys have, and the way you've got it set up, and the way um, fans can kind of interact with it and and build their own draft. For those that, that haven't seen it, um, the site is Draft Tech, T-E-K, Draft, uh, T-E-K, all one word, uh, dot com. And if you wouldn't mind just kind of walking the uh, walking the listeners through the, the site and, and how you guys have it set up and just what tools they have there for, for people who are really into the draft. Be glad to do it, Scott. Uh, we have at Draft Tech a, uh, a big board of our own. Uh, we have about Oh, 1,000 or so prospects that we grade and create a 400 headcount big board. And this is a computer simulated model. It's uh, algorithm based. And by a variety of input codes, uh, users can, can uh, 
simulate their own draft situation. Now, to we have our what we call our uh, weekly. Well, it's it's really a simulation, and there's a, a team analyst that's assigned to each NFL team, and they go through and it, there's a number of input codes based upon what positions you're willing to reach for, players you would like to lock out, players that you'd like to grab. And we grade, uh, we, we do a little bit of a different grading process. We differentiate, for example, between a, uh, a feature running back and a change of pace running back, a possession receiver and a speed or a slot receiver. And we... On the uh, defensive line, we differentiate between the 3-4 and the 4-3, both on uh, linebackers and defensive linemen. So you can uh, go through and assign the codes, and the online draft simulator, the ODS, is for our readers to use. And you can basically go in there, and if you've got a particular team and you don't like the way that the team analyst has – position the input codes and you feel like you could do a better job, you can actually input your own codes and or you can play around with ideals of trades or what have you, input the information and run your own uh, mock simulation. But we do a, uh, uh, a simulation among the team analysts of our own. It's uh, You don't have an idea of what the other analysts are going to, uh, how they're going to position their team needs. And uh, it's basically uh, the computer assigns players to you, and we come up with a seven-round mock draft. Yeah, it's really a, a, an interesting way to, to look at it and, and the fact that you put your simulator out there for the fans to to look at and and kind of modify and, and get to get their hands all in it. Uh, is really the part that interests me a lot. I've run a couple of simulations myself, and, and as a Lions fan, I'm, I'm always interested in where they go, and, and I've messed with some of the tweaks and, and the inputs. So it, it's really an interesting way to see how the draft falls. You know, a lot of times people that are just kind of casual draft fans will just look at, you know, best talent available and why don't players or why don't teams take this player just because he's the best one on the board, but... It really comes down to what their team needs are. And like you mentioned, the, the fact that you guys set, differentiate between a 3-4 linebacker from a 4-3 uh, DN, that really gives uh, a solid picture, I think, in in what direction teams could go in the draft. And I'm uh, just curious, do you guys grade your final mock drafts versus the, the draft once it's completed? Do you kind of go back and track that? Absolutely we do. Every year we take the uh, the final consensus mock draft and then we uh, grade it against what the uh, actual draft results were. In addition to that, we also take the top 100 from our big board and we go against uh, a number of people. Uh, last year I was pleased that uh, we knocked off Mel Kuyper, first time we'd done that, and uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, there's a website that allows you to uh, turn all that in, and uh, so it's you know, we haven't quite caught Rick Goose Gosselin yet. He's but he he cheats because he's got a few more sources in the NFL, and he he builds his big board based upon what he who he believes will actually be drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's interesting. So you mentioned you have um several uh, you have representatives from each team uh, for each team. What's the uh interaction you get from any uh, NFL people? Do you guys have uh inputs that you're getting from them? Do you have team representatives that have been in the league? Uh what's kind of the uh I guess the the depth of of people that are involved here in the in your okay. site. Good question. Uh, well, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I was a a former uh, contract scout. Uh, prior to that, I was an unathletic left offensive tackle 
that developed all the sneaky holding techniques that are now legal today, and uh, that kind of gives you an idea of how old I am, coached the position, <laughs> but also uh, uh, scouted in the league. And I've still got contacts with a couple of the teams that I've worked with. It's the reason I go by an alias, because uh, uh, there's still a few people that might recognize my real name, and they're willing to... Uh, uh, provide a little insider information to Longball, whereas uh, if my real name was given on the website, then they might get some people fired. But uh, we have the there's a varying degree of difference. Uh, some some of the people are are just fanatics, and they uh, read and uh, digest everything that's written about their team, study it just nonstop. Some some of the folks have uh, uh, been in the uh, uh, profession. Some people just do it because it's a hobby and they really enjoy it. Yeah, that, well, that's uh, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I'm, I would put myself as one of those that that just really enjoy the draft and the product. Um, now, I understand your kind of shade towards the the Cowboys as far as the teams that you. You cover and, and follow closely. Oh, you, you might you might say that. Uh, my uh, my my best friend through school was Bob Lilly's first cousin. So uh, uh, I've been I've been a fan since their uh, uh, inaugural year of 1960. I may have missed well either in person or on TV a total of ten games. So I'm I'm quite the fan, but I also. Uh, I have a background with the team and uh, uh, have followed it since the uh, early days to where they are now. Well, yeah, that that would definitely qualify you as as uh, the team you follow. So, with the draft coming up, um, you know, the question that always comes up, I think, every year is: Is Jerry Jones the the right guy to be the GM and and player personnel decisions? And do they need to get somebody else in there? kind of pulling the strings to help him out. I'm sure he's got plenty of other business uh, business needs that, that have to happen with running the team. What, what's your thoughts on, on Jerry as the, um, you know, the GM player personnel guy in addition to being the owner? Well, you know, Cousin Jero was on uh, Arkansas's national championship football team back in 1963. And, you know, if you play offensive guard at 175 pounds, you're bound to be pretty mean, don't you think? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm sure you're not uh, a billionaire uh, without being it either. Yeah, his, uh, he's a good listener. Uh, I think they've got a fairly good uh, uh, scouting staff. I'll I tell you what, what has happened. You know, Jerry made his fortune in the oil business, and – uh, there's still that bit of wildcatter in him, and I think the combination of his son Stephen, who has become uh, more of a voice in the organization, and uh, Jason Garrett, have settled him down not to. Well, what's the old expression? Going for the sizzle instead of the steak. And uh, the last couple of drafts have been a whole lot better than if you want to go back to some of the drafts of. 2005 and 2009 in particular. But uh, uh, this year, the strength of the draft is in the offensive and defensive lines. And that's what the Cowboys' needs are this year. And hopefully, uh, I say this, have bouncing my knuckles off my head as the old uh, knock-on-wood situation, uh, hopefully they'll... Uh, Follow the draft board, and uh, the uh, the needs will fit the best player available approach. Yeah, this draft is definitely deep on the offensive and and really the entire defensive side of the ball. I was making the comment beforehand. It seems like there's a lot of skilled players out there in free agency, uh, whereas the draft is going to be more kind of the the pieces that really build a team and build a championship. It, fans aren't going to get too excited about a defensive tackle getting picked or a guard, but when you look at teams like San Francisco and Baltimore with probably the two best offensive lines in the game playing against each other in the Super Bowl, 
you know, a good guard or a good tackle is going to help your team win a championship. So um, it's not going to be the flashy names in this year's draft, but these are going to be the players I think that'll that'll build teams to a championship. Well, you know, Scott, if you'll if you'll go back through history, look at the Cleveland Browns of the fifties, the Packers of the sixties, uh, Steelers and Dolphins of the seventies, Forty ers of the eighties, Cowboys of the nineties. If you if every team, I won't use the word dynasty, but every team that was fairly dominant, the one thing they all had in common was a solid offensive line that could control the ball and keep the defense off the field. And that's one part of football that has not changed, even with this pass-happy seven-on-seven attitude we have today. But uh, every year, you can go deep into the draft, and if you'll take a look, the offensive guard position is normally deep because you've got a number of offensive tackles that will move in inside at the next level. Think about it. Every every college team is going to have two starters at offensive guard and the backup. They're going to have tackles. That some of them are, don't have the footwork to uh, protect the perimeter, and they'll move inside at the next level. So uh, the interior of the offensive line can always be filled going on into the fourth and fifth rounds. Yep. Yeah, and this year we have uh, two guys in the top top fifteen or twenty in uh, Warmack and and uh, Cooper coming out in the guard position. So yeah, it's uh, it's one of those deep deep positions. We've got a question coming in from uh, Twitter. The the Forty ers have got a, a pile of picks. I, I think the total number is fourteen picks. Do you, do you see them? Using all those picks or starting to package them together and, and moving around and doing some some dealing to get get up in the draft a little bit more. I think I think you'll see the um, 49ers do a couple of things. One, yes, I believe that they will package some picks and move around in this year's draft. But I think they're going to follow the lead of the Patriots and uh, put some things together for. Uh, uh, future drafts, you know, but uh, mm. sometimes a sometimes a third round pick this year will get you a second round pick in 2014, and uh, so they can continue to uh, build on the on the volume. There's there's not a whole lot of needs on that 49er team, so they can take a a, a BPA philosophy and. Uh, uh, Continue to build with quality. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, especially with acquiring Anquan Bolden, that kind of fills uh, one of their their weaker, or really their only, what I would consider maybe a weak unit is their wide receiver position. You know, one, well, one thing you know, I like they, about the, one go ahead. and one and one thing about it, you know, uh, Anquan Bolden has a a real good reputation for being. Uh, for a good work ethic, and if they wanted to bring in a, uh, a young receiver as a draft choice, uh, he could do a lot worse than to to follow Bolden's lead, because Bolden may only be a one or two year deal for them. Yeah, yeah, he's somebody like uh, uh, Robert Woods out of USC that'll be there late. Um, you know, might be a good. Good pickup for him out there. He's a, uh, he, he is a smooth route runner and accelerates out of his cuts extremely well. Yeah, I, I uh, be interested to see where he ends up. But yeah, that would be a, that'd be a really good fit, actually. Uh, one, one thing I like about the draft here in the last several years, since they've had the the rookie wage scale in place. One of the the byproducts of the rookie weight scale I was hoping to see was teams moving around more often in the draft, putting that first pick in play, because teams aren't worried about having to salvage their entire future and or mortgage their whole future and and dumping a bunch of money on somebody like Jamarcus Russell. Have you noticed that also in recent years that teams are are just moving all around? The first pick in the draft is now in play for a trade. 
because teams know what they're going to pay and it's not a, a ridiculous amount? In theory, I, I would agree with what you said. Uh, this year uh, may be kind of the exception rather than the rule because normally uh, in any draft you'll have anywhere from 18 to 22 what I'll call blue chippers that really are deserving of a first-round grade. This year, that number may be less than 10. And uh, But when you go from 12 to, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of difference, say, between 12 and uh, – and somewhere in the 50 and 60 range toward the bottom of the second round. And uh, so there may be – I think you're going to see a lot of teams trying to trade down. Now, having said that, if a lot of teams are trying to trade down, who's going to be their trading partner? So this this might be a year where someone could move up for less value than the old Jimmy Johnson trade chart that was – that's almost outdated today. Yeah, I'm not sure what uh, uh, trade chart they had in Seattle, but I, personally I think the Seahawks gave up a lot for Percy Harvin uh, in the reports today for a player that can't stay on the field. Uh, what what I read was a first, a seventh this year, and a and a fourth next year. That that seems like a lot for a guy who can't seem to stay healthy when you talk about yeah, that, draft value. I think that fourth next year is con- is conditional upon uh, playing time, but yeah, that's that's an awful lot. That's a that's one of those Jerry Jones type trades, like you get for Roy <laughs> Williams. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, maybe Minnesota's trying to make up for the Herschel Walker uh, trade where they gave up fifty draft picks <laughs> or whatever, whatever it was. Uh, another name here in the draft that that has my attention is uh, Star Latulule. The tackle out of Utah. You know, yep. reports came out of the out of the uh, combine that he had a heart condition, and for me, I, I think about guys like Gaines Adams, who you know unfortunately passed away from a heart condition, and I haven't really heard a lot since then. I, I know they're still trying to uh, evaluate him, but what what does a situation like that do to a player's value on a draft board? Are, are teams just going to take him off their board altogether because it's such a question mark, or um, you know, we also have um, the uh, defensive linebacker. Jarvis Jones has a, a health condition also. What do those um, kind of things do to a player's value in the draft, and what do teams do with that? Well, the latest on Star was that uh, he went back to his doctors. They said that uh, it was a regular heartbeat and that it should impact his playing time. But what teams will do, they will bring them in and put them through – extensive physicals to make sure. Now, uh, what we did is we had Star rated as the number one uh, defensive tackle on our board. We dropped him down to number three, but still a first-round selection, say, uh, middle of the first round, uh, just because of the unknown. Now, it may turn out that he he's okay and, and he'll move move back up. He's certainly a talented young man, as is Jarvis Jones. Uh, the uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to find a politically correct way to say this, but the NFL still looks at him as slabs of meat, and uh, you know if they can get a good two to three to four years out of a player, they will invest a draft choice. Because, you know, that's pretty much the uh, uh, average lifespan when you take all the players in the NFL anyway. If they can come in and produce at a high level, then uh, uh, if something happens to them physically, they break down or they're injured or what have you, I mean, that sounds extremely cold-hearted, but that's the that's the approach of NFL teams. You can't ever forget that it's a business and uh, if you want to look at it from an accounting standpoint, they just double up on the uh, uh, depreciation factor and uh, reduce the salvage value. Yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, the, the, they call it not for you know the not for long NFL 
uh, league for Absolutely. a reason. And, and well, hopefully for him it, it works out and it, and it doesn't end up being a, a major health issue for him and he's able to, to play and produce. But, you know, it's just something to consider and hopefully it, it doesn't affect him. Um, back to the uh, kind of the overall draft picture and, and teams moving around, do you do you see anybody making any big moves? Like we said, or like you'd mentioned, and this is a, a deep draft, but you know because it's such a deep draft, players don't need to be or teams don't need to be jumping around too much. They just need to wait, and the second best tackle not that much different than the first best tackle. Uh, anybody out there you see is just wanting to move up and, and make a move, or if it's not a team, you know, what's the player out there that's that if he's hanging around maybe at 10 or, or 12 that somebody's going to jump up and snag him? Well, let's uh, let's talk about the. there's only three prospects that are solid left tackle prospects in this year's draft. That's Luke Jokel from A&M, Eric Fisher from Central Michigan, and Lane Johnson from Oklahoma. And I wouldn't be surprised to see all three of those players gone by the 10th or 12th pick. And because after that, there's there's quite a fall-off of talent. You've got a number of players that are either developmental or that have uh, flaws in their uh, technique and the way they play the position. So those are the only three givens. And I, you know, that protecting the blind side of the quarterback, and because if you take a look through history, offensive linemen drafted in the first round have a lot higher success ratio than defensive linemen. I mean, quarterbacks, you can go through just about every other position. Because they're they're normally if they're going to be drafted in the first round, they're plug and play type players. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I could see with the uh, you know, for example, now Miami has a lot of needs, but they just recently let Jake Long go. For all intents and purposes, I don't know if they're going to uh, sign him or not. I think he's going to end up being a free agent. Well, they're going to need someone over there to protect that blind side. So they could, uh, I mean, they're already uh, fairly close, but they could package something together and move up to grab one of them. They're, you know, that's just one example. But uh, there's going to be, uh, you're you're going to be able to get a quality on the rest of the offensive line, a, a quality right tackle or offensive guard on into the third, fourth round. Uh, defensive linemen. There's uh, there are some outstanding athletes playing defensive end that can get after and rush the passion. And there's also some uh, three technique defensive tackles that can cause a lot of interior pressure. And they're going to be pretty well gone before the second round's over. So there could be there could be a whole lot of uh, shucking and jiving going on as far as me. Picking a team right now uh, that would make some moves like that—it's it's kind of hard to say until we see how free agency pans out. Yeah, it'll definitely help bring things into into focus more. Um, you know, one position that that hasn't come up in our conversation that I think is kind of a sign of the times in the NFL is the running back position. You know, the days of of running backs going in the top of the draft and being these feature backs, the, the league has moved to these specialty backs and you've got, you know, a hands guy and a power guy. And, you know, yeah, there's the Adrian Peterson, but, but that, uh, that's kind of going to the wayside. Do, do you see that as just kind of a, a trend here recently, or do you see the running back position just being changed and, and, changing the draft and changing the league here for some time to come? Well, the running back position has become somewhat of a commodity over the past few years. There's no doubt about that. Uh, use them, abuse them, and lose them. Uh, you know, you're not going to see anyone. 
Adrian Peterson is an exception to the rule. Uh, you're not ever going to see one play as long as Emmett Smith did again. The there was really the only potential superstar back in this year's draft before he got injured was the Lattimore kid from South Carolina. And if you're squeamish, you don't want to watch the replay of his leg being turned around like he was in the remake of the Exorcist movie. Uh, Eddie Lacy from Alabama is a good, solid running back. But take a look at the offensive line that was in front of him. I mean, my God, yeah. you've got Barrett Jones at center. You've got D.J. Fluker at right tackle. you got a kid that was their top recruit at left tackle. And you've got two solid guards, including Chance Warmack. I mean, you know, uh, you could almost push your grandmother in a wheelchair behind that office. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, definitely. You know, it, it, it's going to be um, – uh, it depends on what a team has. If they've already got a speed back there, then they may look for a bruiser, say a Monty Ball from Wisconsin. But if they if they've got a fairly solid running back, they may look for one of the uh, change of pace guys. You know, Gillisley from uh, Florida, or it could be Bernard from North Carolina, Ellington, Franklin from UCLA. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of Hell, the kid from Oregon, Ken John Barner. There's, there's a, there's probably the quality is in the change of pace backs more than it is in a, a bell cow type running back this year. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, we've got a, another Twitter question came in, and uh, oops, I just lost. Okay, yeah. Um, should the draft? Be the, the league's been talking about moving around the the off season and kind of pushing things back. Um, do you see any value if the draft was held ahead of free agency, or um, do you like the fact that we've got existing players moving around first and then teams fill in the draft on the backside? Well, uh, I think that would probably be quite a bit of negotiation with the players' union. Because stop and think about it. Mm. After the draft, if you go in and if you fill holes with your draft choices first uh, at a lower salary rate, what you've done is you've uh, basically uh, knocked the bottom out of the negotiating power of the existing free agent class. I just don't think the players' union will go for that. They want to protect the players that are already in the league. Now, they they may push back some timing of free agency or the draft, but on the draft side, it will be based on uh, TV revenues because uh, the NFL never, never thought back in the day that uh, the draft would garner so much attention and that they'd be spreading it out over four days. Yeah, it's it's turned into quite an event. I, I mean, I I know for me personally, I, I watched it all the time when it was on Saturday and Sunday, and and now that it's in prime time, I think they've really turned it into quite a fan experience. And uh, and you know they're maximizing their value, and it's hot, and people want to see it. They're they're selling tickets to the combine now, and you know, people are, are paying to go watch guys run around in shorts. So, I mean, you can't can't get enough of the NFL, that's for sure. The Underwear Olympics, you're exactly right. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on tonight and, and talking about the site. Um, it's drafttech.com. You've got, I see the list here of all the the contributors by team. Uh, any any certain way you want people to find your site and feedback with your guys' information? Oh, by all means, of course, it's www.drafttech.com. And we have a uh, uh, a blog page that people can come on and ask questions. Uh, there's uh, email addresses under the contact list for all of us. And, uh, uh, I'm at longball at drafttech.com, and any questions that you have, uh, we uh, 
the reason we're doing this is for our readers, and uh, we appreciate all comments, critiques, and even the ones that says, are you out of your friggin' mind? <laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, sounds great. And the site is, is outstanding. Anybody that hasn't been there, you know, go check it out. It'll it'll really give you a, a kind of a next level on the site. So I appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing the site and uh, look forward to the draft. All right, Scott. You take care. Okay, thanks. You too. All right, well, that was a great conversation there with the guys from Draft Tech talking about their product. It's it's really a, a interesting site and highly recommend anybody that's that's really deep into the draft to go check it out. They've got hundreds of players ranked. You can uh, create your own simulation, run out seven rounds on your own. So uh, it's really a good tool. So you're listening uh, to Football Extra Points on our sports radio. And if you want to join the conversation, share about what we just talked about, or give me some thoughts on your team. The number is 323-927-2906. We had a lot of talk there about the draft and and how things are shaping up and and mentioned uh, a little bit about how the league's changing their their off-season program. They're going to stretch it out a little bit. And they're just trying to connect the dots between uh, the Super Bowl and the start of of camps. The more they can spread that out and get keep people interested, kind of push that draft back a little bit, uh, the more the NFL just stays a year-round league, which is the way it's headed. So that's uh, really great for those of us that are big fans of the, of the league. So we've got uh, just to kind of touch back on some of the, the off-season stuff. We've got pro days going on. Teams have been uh, scouting these colleges every week. Some big ones coming up tomorrow. We've got Florida. Uh, the 13th is Alabama. And we've got some more SEC and ACC teams coming up the next few weeks. The 19th is Florida State. Uh, the 20th, we've got Tennessee. And then down here towards the end of the month, we've got uh, Texas and Notre Dame on the 26th. Uh, and USC, South Carolina, LSU towards the end of the month. So teams are really uh, focusing in. And like we've been saying all night, this free agency is really going to help shape the draft. So um, that's uh, that's something that we're wanting to see is is really going to focus on this. I've got a mock draft I've been messing around with, but at this point, I'm going to uh, personally I'm going to be holding off till some free agency things happen and see where guys land. So uh, make sure you keep your eyes on the site footballexpoints.com if you if you want to uh, see where I'm heading with the mock draft. Also, uh, speaking of the site, footballextrapoints.com, we've been bringing on a lot of uh, staff writers to the website. So if you're interested, uh, feel free to email me at kings, K-I-N-G-S, at footballextrapoints.com. I've got around uh, five or six people on board right now with some some information and getting some more uh, requests to to come on board and, and do some writing. So, uh, anybody that's interested, please shoot me an email, and, and I'll uh, take a look at your uh, – we can discuss your experience and, and then also bring you on the on the show here and, and share about football. So if you're a passionate fan and want to uh, share your thoughts on it, uh, please get in touch with me, and we can see about uh, um, bringing you on board. So as we're wrapping up the show um, this evening, I'll go ahead to my extra point for tonight and – it's going to be on free agency. You know, it's it's uh, a great thing for the NFL to have free agency that's been around since the, the mid-'90s. And for those of you that aren't that deep into the history of the game, you know, you didn't used to exist the way it did. Kind of Reggie White uh, paved the way for this and gives players an opportunity to move around. And I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, these contracts for the NFL players are not guaranteed. So they have the right to pursue the best contract that they can. They have the right to hold out if they don't feel like they're getting the, the best money. They also, teams on the flip side, they have the right to franchise tag you, and they got the right to cut you. And that's just kind of the way it goes when we were talking to the draft tech earlier. You know, teams, they want to get the best three, four years out of you that they can and move on. And it's business, and it's kind of the, the behind-the-curtain uh, story of the league, and that's just the reality of it. So these guys are looking to maximize their payday. Um, 
for me, I don't mind these big contracts. It's supply and demand. I, you know, for those of us that that work out there in the in the world that aren't football players, we're all trying to get the most we can. So, um, you know, good move by these guys to do the same. So we'll see how how things shake out. So it was a great show for tonight. I uh, want to thank uh, DraftTech.com for coming on and talking about their their product. Uh, tomorrow's the big day, uh, probably second biggest day to the draft, maybe the biggest day, bigger than the draft as far as how teams build their off seasons. So um, we'll see where, where players land, get a better focus in on the draft, and see how things are going. So um, make sure you check out the site, footballextrapoints.com. Share your thoughts on what you see us talking about there as far as the offseason goes. And like I said, I'll be putting my draft up there. Be happy to take your input. So uh, excited as we march through the offseason. So, again, a great show. And uh, everybody have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.